we're good, right? We're, uh, we're on track in the back there, and I appreciate it. Today, I want, to, I want to tell you a story. And it's a story that begins with an ending. It's a story of a, a, a woman who was, was trapped. She was overtaken, and, and she was completely devoured by the circumstances of her life. She was at the end of herself. She was at the end of herself, and it's when she got to that moment that she realized that, that she had no hope. She was compelled by things that were completely out of her control. Not only were they out of her control, there was absolutely, there was no escape for her. And she was completely, she was completely tormented. Sure, there were, there were people who loved her. Her family and her, her friends who, who wanted to be with her, who wanted to spend time with her, who wanted to have that, 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 that connection reestablished. They longed to spend time with her, but no one would. No one could. You see, they couldn't do it because they weren't willing to take the risk. Because it was it was too dangerous. She was too dangerous. Sure, people, people talk of, uh, of the personal demons they face, and after all, every one of us, we, we, we face certain kinds of demons, but it's when she speaks of her demons, it, it's different. It's not the, the demons of abuse or, or addiction. It's not the demons of, of, of depression. When she speaks of demons, hers are, are, are real demons. Those are just sort of tools that are used by the demonic. You see, when she speaks of demons, she speaks in terms of possession. She was possessed by a demon. But not just one demon. She was possessed by seven. Seven demons dwelling inside of her. Controlling and every hour of, of, of every day. And then, then one day, she met him. No one really knows how, no one really knows when. It's unsure whether she's actually from Magdala, 
or if that's just the place where she was born. But what is said about her is that she met him. And he, he was different. You see, unlike the others, he wasn't afraid. He wasn't frightened of, of coming in contact with her. He wasn't afraid to, to encounter her. He didn't try to profit from her condition. Nor did he try to exploit her for his own gains like those awful slave owners did to that slave girl in Philippi. But instead, he just reached out a, a hand and he, he put it on top of her head. And he commanded the demons out. He commanded those, those demons out of her body and they obeyed. Others had tried before but had failed miserably leaving her worse off than she was, but all he did was speak. And they left her. From that moment on, she was completely devoted to him. She was his disciple. And she followed him everywhere he went supporting him and his ministry out of her own funds. You know, they even say that, that she was very wealthy. And maybe for up to two years, she followed him around supporting his ministry. And then one night, the soldiers came. And, and they weren't alone. They were led, in fact, by, by one of his friends. By one of the ones that, that people call the Twelve. And they seized him. They arrested him. They led him away. And then they crucified him. And it's said that she was there. That she was there and, and she was with his mother. And he witnessed the entire thing. She was there and she heard him cry, It is finished. She watched him die. She felt the, the, the rumble of the earth that then became an earthquake. 
She witnessed the rocks splitting. She saw the tombs come, come bursting open. She was there when the veil of the temple was rent in two. And she was there when they took him down off a cross and they hurriedly wrapped his body because he couldn't be on there for the Sabbath. And she stood there outside this borrowed tomb from a man from Arimathea. And she watched as they placed this man who had freed her from her demons be sealed inside the tomb. It was obvious what was happening when the guards took up their post. They wanted to make sure that people couldn't come in the night and, and, and steal his body and then claim that, that he had been resurrected. Eventually, she had to leave. And so she and the others, they went into hiding. Because after all, she was one of his followers. And if they killed the leader, why wouldn't they, why wouldn't they kill the follower? On Sunday morning, she got up early before dawn had broken. And she wanted to, to get to the tomb. She couldn't do it on the Sabbath. So she had to wait till the first day of the week. And so she got up and she went to the tomb because in the, in the rush to get him down off the cross, they couldn't tend to his body and they couldn't properly prepare him. And she knew, she knew by the third hour that his body would begin to stink. As the flesh began to decay. And so she prepared her spices and she went to the tomb only to find that the stone had been rolled back out of the way and the mouth of the tomb was, was open. She dropped her spices and she ran back to the house as fast as she could. She was completely distraught by, by what she had seen, and she told Peter and John and the others about what had happened. That the stone had been rolled away. Peter and John took out. She went back as well. They were baffled by it. They... they didn't seem to understand what had happened, but, but she just sat there at the tomb. She wouldn't go in, but she just sat there weeping. Her tears puddling at her feet. Splashing mud onto her toes. And it was then that 
he appeared. And she, she asked, you know, where have you taken him? Where have you, where have you put him? And it was not until he spoke her name, it was not until the moment that he said, Mary, that she recognized that it was the Savior. And her heart leapt for joy as she realized this man that had freed her, that talked about resurrection life, was now resurrected life standing in front of her, and she tore away from the tombs, running back to the house as fast as she could. She burst in through the door, and she told everybody what had happened and, 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 and what she had seen, that Jesus was alive. That he had been resurrected. You see, she was hopelessly lost. She was at the, the end of her rope. Her, her, her life felt like it was at the, the end, but then she met Jesus and He healed her. And He promised a resurrection life. Mary Magdalene was the first person to see Jesus alive. She was also the first person to preach it. To go back and proclaim, He is risen. You see, because He had arisen, that meant that she was freed from her dark past, both in life and eternally. Because Jesus arose, it meant there was renewed hope. Because Jesus had arisen, it meant that she had a chance to begin again. And so for the few minutes that we have left, I want to talk about you. Talk about your story. Not just your story, but, but my story as well. You see, like Mary, our story is one that begins with an ending. You see, it might be that, that some of you are here, and you, like Mary, you feel that you're at the end of yourselves. You might be here this morning, and you are so eaten up with, with guilt and remorse and doubt and, and hopelessness that you're not sure if you can sustain and survive another day. It might be that you're here and, and, and you've lost hope. Some can be, could be here that are addicted, that are caught in the, the power of a vice that you can't possibly escape on your own. And then some, some of you, you might just be stumbling through each day, numb, with the sense that life has no point. 
that is meaningless, that there is no hope, that there is no God. See, like Mary, our stories, too, begin with an ending. Without Jesus, we're, we're dead. And we still go about our, our normal routines, we still go to work, and we still go to school, but we do so with, with dead hopes and, and dead hearts. Because we're at the end of ourselves, we're just waiting for our bodies to experience what our souls have already endured. The question is whether we can have a new beginning through Jesus, just as Mary did. I mean, is it, is it possible for something new to happen to us? Is it possible that there is forgiveness of all of our past, all of our sins, all of that, that, that darkness that has separated us from God and from people that we love? Is there fresh hope? Is there power for living? Is there a purpose to this life? And the answer is, through Jesus, there is a resounding yes. Jesus said in John 10.10, The thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy, but I have come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. He doesn't want to just give us a little slice of life. He wants to give us life to its very full extent. The most of this life that we can experience before we go on to eternity in heaven with Him. You see, every one of us needs a chance to start over, to begin again. Every one of us needs resurrection. Paul knew it. When he wrote to the, the church at Corinth, after trying to figure out the mess that they found themselves in, he, he finally boiled it down to, to what was the most important thing. And in chapter 15, he said, For I handed on to you, as of first importance, what I in turn had received, that Christ died for our sins, in accordance with the scriptures. And that he was buried. And that he was raised on the third day. He said what I gave you was the most important thing. The most important thing that you need to know. Is that Christ died for our sins. That he was buried. And on the third day he arose. And that's why he ended that very same chapter mocking death where he says death has been swallowed up in victory where O oh, death is your victory where O oh, death is your sting the sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ Paul knew that we needed resurrection. This is why the, the, the story of Jesus' resurrection is so important. Because if God can raise Jesus back to life again, 
then maybe He can give new life to me. And maybe He can give new life to you. You see, if, if death is not an obstacle to God, then neither are guilt and failure and shame and doubt and scars from our past. Because the Lamb has overcome. Death has no victory. Death has no sting. Jesus took all of that away. He removed it. When he walked out of the tomb on on resurrection morning. And so I want you to believe that Jesus lives again. I want you to believe not just because it's true, but because of, of what it means to accept that resurrection is possible. To accept that endings can become beginnings. I'm asking, I'm asking you to have faith that by God's power, you know that you can live again. But it's only possible through and because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's what we celebrate today. It's what we celebrate every time we, we gather around the table. You see, Jesus' death, it wasn't just for a few people. It wasn't just for the people of his day but it was for every single one of us. And the thing is, is that he died while we are still sinners. And he didn't just die for, for church people. He died for all people. He didn't just die for you and me. But he also died for those people who detonated those bombs in Brussels. And I can't understand a love like that. I can't wrap my mind around it. But Jesus still died for them just as he died for you and just as he died for me. That's a life that I want to have a part in. That's something worth living for. That inspires hope to continue going because we know that there is a better day coming. And it's the day when Jesus is told by his Father, go and get them. 
And he's going to come, and the trumpet is going to blast, and every knee will bow at the name of Jesus. And those who have given his life to him will be taken home, taken out of the world of misery and, and sorrow and hurt and, and, and brokenness, taken home to be with God for all eternity. That's, that's what the resurrection means. But it also means that there is ongoing renewal that takes place here while we wait. It means for those of us that have given our lives to Jesus that it is our job to participate in that ongoing project of renewal. That we have to come into contact with those who are the victims of Satan and we have to show them that life is possible that there is hope that there is something new there is a better way of living and it's through Jesus it is our job to enter the brokenness and in the injustice of the world with the love and the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ we are to be the ministers of, of reconciliation we are to be the, the agents of, of, of resurrection power We can't stand by and just wait for God to send Jesus back. We have to be the ones who are willing to stand in the gap. We have to be the ones who are the, the peacemakers. We have to be the ones who become the sheep who are sent out among the wolves for the sake of Jesus Christ. Because resurrection life is possible. And it is available to all. And so I hope this morning that if you feel any of those things that we talked about, if you feel hopeless, if you feel at the end of yourself, I pray that you will not Leave this building until you have had a new beginning with Jesus. For those of you that feel like you, you're, you're, you're too dirty and you're too sinful, I'm going to tell you something that I've come to believe. I believe the dirtier a life is, the more attractive to Jesus that person is. those of you who think there's no point to this life just look around take in the, the beauty the majesty you see resurrection and new life breaking in all around us we just have to stop and open our eyes and look around and see with the vision of Christ but as we look around we're also going to see brokenness we're going to see darkness. And we have to step into that as well with the light of Jesus. I hope that you will join me in celebrating resurrection every single day from this point forward. It'll not just be a, a one time a year or for a few minutes on a Sunday, 
when we gather around the table and we take communion. But from this day forward, we will celebrate resurrection every day. That we will celebrate resurrection when we see it in nature. That we will celebrate resurrection when we see someone overcome some addiction, some some, 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 some sin in their life, that we will celebrate new life and kingdom in breaking. And I pray that from this day forward, we will be the participants. We'll be the ministers of reconciliation. We will be the agents of resurrection, kingdom, life. If you need Jesus, don't go away not knowing Him. That's the risk. That's the biggest risk that you can take in your life is to go away and think, I'm just going to try it on my own without him and see if I'll be all right. You, you can't be okay. But if we can help you and if we can, if we can point you to Jesus, please let us do that. Please let us lead you to him and you, like Mary Magdalene and so many others, you can be freed from your past. If we can help you, if we can pray for you, why don't you come while we stand and while we sing just as I am?